Hi, this is Pastor Wade Foy coming to you from First United Methodist Church of Lake Jackson. This is our weekly message. We're so glad that you have joined us. We hope this message will bless you. Uh, our scripture today is from John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, and then over in 14. Please hear now the reading of God's holy word. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for your word. We ask that you would open it to us today, that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Let us hear from you, O Lord. Amen. Well, uh, that was fun to talk about the favorite subjects in school. Um, I did like recess a lot when I was a kid, uh, going out and playing. I'm dyslexic, and so I think that was part of it. Is uh, it was one of those times where I didn't have to struggle um, in school, but then I got some helpers around me, and I started to actually enjoy learning a little bit more, which is good <laughs> later on because it takes a little while to go through school as a pastor. But before I was a pastor, I was in youth ministry, and I, I loved it. I loved it because the high schoolers, just like with the kiddos, uh, they loved talking about their favorite subjects. Um, it was enjoyable because uh, the, the youth uh, were kind of on the cusp of everything that was to come in their lives. They're dating for the first time, they're working for the first time, um, and it's just, they're in a great place to learn about Jesus. And so talking about whatever this subject was, a hobby, a sport, a activity, a school subject, um, these kids would, would love to start talking about what they were interested in, and they would tell you every little detail about it. It was fun, of course, to talk about something I knew about, like football or something like that, because it would create a connection with that student. But I actually enjoyed it most when it was something that I knew next to nothing about. Uh, that was because when I knew no, nothing about it, they would, the student would be patient and would spend time uh, explaining whatever the subject was in great detail. They would answer any questions I had um, <clears throat> and even show me how it worked. They would maybe get out their phone and, and explain it to me that way. Now that I'm not only with youth, but with adults as well, I've noticed the same thing. You get anyone talking about something that they enjoy, and they will explain it to you well, something that interests them. Some of my favorite topics that youth or adults have told me about are robotics, rocketry, engineering, golf, or how to cook their favorite meal. Today, we're continuing our look at the Apostles' Creed. Last week, we talked about God the Father, and this week, we're talking about Jesus, which is by far the favorite subject, as I said, 
uh, of the creed. The second line says that we as Christians believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. This comes right after talking about God the Father. And so we are saying that Jesus is God the Father's only son. As I said, Jesus is the favorite subject, and it makes sense because this is a statement of beliefs that we have as Christians, as followers of Jesus. This is a statement of beliefs. When we affirm our faith through the Apostles' Creed, we are stating parts of what we believe as Christians. As we stated last week, the Apostles' Creed has 12 articles in it, and this week we learned that half of those, that six, are about Jesus. Therefore, for the next six weeks, starting with today, we're going to be talking about various aspects of who Jesus is. Today, we're starting with this opening statement about Jesus, that he is God, the Father's only Son, and that he is our Lord. In our passage, we heard that Jesus is the Word of God who has been with God the Father since the beginning of time. Like God the Father God, the Son, Jesus, has always been around and will always be around. As John goes on to say in our passage, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is God. When we talk about uh, God, we talk about God as being uh, in three persons. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit meaning that God is three in one and one in three. And we're going to talk about that more in a couple of weeks when we talk about uh, the Holy Spirit. The important thing to note this week is that Jesus is God. And when we say God, we often mean uh, God the Father. When we just are talking about God, we usually say, well, well, God, and we're meaning the Father. But we can say God and mean Jesus because Jesus is God. Since Jesus is God, and in fact, the word of God, it makes sense that when God the Father speaks, the words that come out of his mouth and make all things are Jesus. Now that might sound odd, but what our scripture says is that it is through Jesus that all creation came into being. He is the word of God. He is the one that brought light and life to all of creation. When John says this in our passage, he is looking back at the creation story, which we looked at last week, the creation story from Genesis, and saying that the fingerprints of Jesus are all over that story. The first word that is spoken in the creation story is, let there be light. And now we hear in our passage that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. When God the Father says, let there be light, he is basically sending Jesus out to do the work of creation. And since Jesus shined himself into creation from the beginning, nothing, not even the darkest, most evil things in our world, in our uh, lives can stand against Jesus. Have you ever thought for, uh, about why we call God names like father and son? Why do we use familiar, uh, famil language when talking about the one who created and sustains it all? I think we use this language because these are terms that are familiar to us. 
we all have family of some sort. Now, whether we get along with that family is a whole different story, right? But um, it's historic. It's something that is part of each of our lives. Um, Extended families, uh, historically, lived near each other so that they could help each other, uh, help each other with work, help each other with family life. And in Jesus' time, extended families often lived in the same house together. In fact, before a couple could get married, the to-be groom would have to build a house onto his uh, parents' house, his family's house, so that the couple had a place to live once they were married. This led to as many as four generations living under the same roof. And so you would have uh, the, the parents, you would have possibly a grandparent, and then, of course, the new couple and any kids they would have. Family can look a bit different now. Thankfully, most of us don't build a room onto our parents' house, uh, but we get our own place. But the language is helpful when we talk about God. And, and what I love about the image of, of God being Father and Son and Holy Spirit is that, and this week we're talking about the Son, is that God the Father dotes on Jesus like a good parent does on their child. I love my kids. When they learned to walk, I was so impressed. It's amazing. Look, they're walking. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I put it up on Facebook and, and all sorts of places, sent it to my family. When they say they have learned something, I think they're the smartest kids ever. I, I'll talk about it and I'll say, oh man, they learned this at school. I'm so impressed. I didn't learn it until later. Just because they're smarter than I am, right? You know? When they make a craft or they paint something, I think, wow, look at that painting. Look at that craft. That's amazing. When they play a sport, I think they're doing awesome at it, even if they're whiffing at the t-ball. You know, it's just there on a little thing. Whether they are the next Einstein, Picasso, or sports star is irrelevant because they're my kid. And I think they're doing great no matter what. That's how God the Father is with Jesus, except that when he thinks about his child, he is right, because Jesus is the greatest of all time. Jesus being the greatest of all time is what we mean when we call Jesus Lord. Uh, we, We say in this statement that he is God's only son and our Lord What we're meaning there is that he is the greatest of all time. He's the boss of creation. He is large and in charge and is the one that should be the boss of our lives as well. Our Lord, it says. Not the Lord, but our Lord. And when we put our belief in Jesus, we can sometimes forget to put our trust in Jesus. And I think these two have to come together, belief and trust, to to be fully following Jesus. When we don't put our trust in Jesus, we don't have Jesus as Lord of our lives. And without Jesus being Lord of our lives, we aren't really following him. We are saying with our mouths that we believe, but our actions don't back it up. And words and actions must come together for us to truly be following Jesus. That is because our actions are what other people see, and they need to see Christians acting like Jesus. Saying it is part of the picture. Saying you believe in Jesus is needed, but so is living out what you believe those two 
together. So I want a show of hands here. Uh, who did show and tell in school? Anybody ever do show and tell? Show and tell? Most of us. So yeah, so show and tell, for those that don't know, is <laughs> you bring something you like, uh, you show it to the class, and you tell them about whatever it is. Being a follower of Jesus is show and tell. It's a show and tell as we are now. You must show others you are Christians through your actions, and you must tell others about Jesus with our words, with your words. Like the Apostles' Creed, like someone who tells you about a favorite thing of theirs, we should be able to talk about Jesus in a way that others can understand. We do this best when we talk about our story, about how Jesus has impacted our lives, about how we came to believe in Jesus, and about how Jesus' grace is the best thing that has ever happened to us, and it's the best thing to happen to anybody. There's a song right now that says this, let me tell you about my Jesus, and let my Jesus change your life. That's what we should be doing. Let us tell about our Jesus. Let us see how Jesus changes lives. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for you are our Lord. You are our Savior. Lord, you are the creator of it all. You are the light. You are the life. You bring light and life into our lives, Lord. May we shine your light. May we pour out as you have poured into us. Lord, we ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly sermon message. We hope this, this has blessed you in some way. Please see our notes below for if you have a prayer request or if you would like to learn more about our church.